Welcome to the Springs Church Podcast, where we explore the teachings of Jesus Christ and how they can be applied to our daily lives. Join us as we delve into the Bible and discuss topics such as faith, hope, love, and forgiveness. Our mission is to inspire and empower our listeners to live a life of purpose and meaning and to deepen their relationship with God. Tune in every week for a new episode as we learn how the Bible, Holy Spirit, and a relationship with Jesus will impact every area of your life. It is so good to be in front of you all. As we enter, as we leave one year and enter into a new one, it's always a moment that the gyms fill up, that New Year's resolutions, I won't be in that gym, but you might be shocked by that, but I'm joking. Well, some weird remarks coming out of you guys. <laughs> He's not in the gym. Um, but it's a moment of reflection. It's a moment that in our life, we tend to maybe reflect on the past and go, I'm setting new goals, I'm looking forward, I'm making changes, I'm making tweaks. And that's what I wanna to talk to you about today. I don't care about what changes you make. I'm not looking at New Year's resolutions. I've never done one, I never will, because my, New Year's, my resolutions are, I'm constantly in them. I'm not trying to set a moment where I go, and if you do, that's great, of course. I hope you stick to them, I hope you stay in the gym, and I hope you make all those work. But what here I'm talking to you today about is the perspective on how you remember your past, which predicts how you're going to walk out your future. You know, we need to have a faith perspective. Now, the Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. How does that even make sense? It's a dichotomy. How can you have the substance, which is tangible something, but yet it's hoped for? The way that I look at it is that if, if, if I said, hey, can you bake me a cake, whether you're good at it or not, you take the ingredients and you put the ingredients into a bowl with the expectation and hope of the thing to come, which is a cake. And if you're bad at it, it'll be a bad cake. If you're good at it, it'll be a great cake. But the key part is the ingredients being added into the bowl and then you follow the process to receive the substance of things hoped for. You know, when my son Ellis was born, uh, 2017, I think it was, all of a sudden, so we, everything went great. We had the labor, uh, we had labor, my wife had the labor. <laughs> but Ellis was born and we, we got to take him home and things were great. Tamara was feeling good, everything was great. All of a sudden, Tamara wakes me up and she has what's called a thunderclap headache. And to the point where she had no control of her body, her mind, or anything. She was in full, couldn't handle it. Falling on the ground, bawling her eyes out, couldn't even really speak to me because of this headache was so sharp that she was shaking, she was trembling, her legs weren't working. So I, I'm trying to figure out what to do. We have a new baby. So I call family for help. We got to get her to the hospital, but we have to bring the baby with us, Ellis. And so we're trying to figure out everything, what, what's going on here. And she, every, everything you can imagine going wrong with her body was happening. She could not even think of a word to speak. She couldn't do anything at all. We rush to the hospital. They take her blood pressure. It was, it was essentially, I, I don't even, I don't know medical so high, but it was so high that they rushed her in 911 to the front. Highest priority. They were worried that she was going to stroke out because her blood pressure was so high. This began a journey, a wild, wild journey of uncertainty, of doubt, where they, they told me I might lose my wife tonight if they can't get control of her blood pressure, she might die. And they began to, and I'm holding this brand new baby, trying to figure things out with my oldest daughter at home, 
trying to figure out how we're going to do this, believing in faith, but I don't know how because I'm in fear and I'm trying to do this and I'm a new dad again and I'm tired and she's tired and we just had, like, we, everything was uncertain. And we began to walk this out and trying to figure things out and I'm staying up all night reading Google, which I don't recommend, <laughs> trying to figure out what things I can do in the, in the carnal, in the physical, to support my wife, to figure out what supplements she needs, what can we do, how to combat high blood pressure, and the list goes on. And I was scared, and I was worried, and she was scared, she was worried, and they kept walking in with these words of, of what they would call reality, but it was doubt, it was uncertainty, it was fear, it was death. They were, they were speaking death over my wife. And all sorts of things were continuing to happen. And so it was this long process, long journey, and we began to walk out little mini miracles here and a little mini miracle there, and then all of a sudden a breakthrough there, and then, and then all of a sudden we'd kind of slide back a bit, and there were some issues, and all of a sudden they couldn't get her blood pressure under control again, and then they tried six different meds. Not one of them worked. Then they decided to try what's called magnesium sulfate, and, and that's a more gentle approach than the drugs, but usually not their first thing they go to. So they did the meg sulfate and her blood pressure immediately dropped and she finally felt human again, which, which meant she wasn't in the danger zone anymore. But the thing is, is we can't walk around with an IV of magnesium sulfate every single day of her life. So they were trying to figure out what med can they get my wife on to save her life, to get her blood pressure under control. And so I'm believing and we're praying and we're trying to figure this out and go through it. And, and then eventually, we, I just, uh, it, was, it was Tamara's dad, Pastor Leon, who came in and just began to just speak life and health and confidence. And he began to take the ingredients of the word of God and take the substance of things hoped for, the substance of the word of God, and put it into the practice, into the bowl of life, and bake the cake for the hope, things we were hoping for. And we began to speak life, began to see it, and we began to walk it out. Once they figured out a med that she was on, we began to say, okay, this med, they said you'll be on this med for the rest of your life. Your blood pressure will be out of whack forever, but this med will keep you in line. And immediately, as soon as they gave it to us, I said, I disagree with that in Jesus' name. Thank you so much. And we grabbed the meds, and we began to take the meds. And I, every time she took a pill, because the pills are very dangerous. If, if a kid gets it, it can kill them because it's very intense. So I would take the pills. And I'd hand it to him and I'd pray over the pills as I gave it to her and go, Lord, we thank you that these pills will not be in her body for longer than two weeks. We thank you that she's healed, she's healthy, she's whole, she'll be restored. And we just began, I began to just shift my whole perspective. But I, in that process, I made a cattle, just a terrible mistake. And, and so did Tamara. We began to share how horrible it was and what we went through. And every friend of ours we talked to, out of compassion and love, they wanted to know, they cared. What happened here? And what you'd go through here? And tell me about that. And oh, that must have been scary. Yes, it was. And, and we began to walk it out. And we did it so many times that without me knowing, I was losing sleep again. And I was reliving it. And I was no longer in faith. But I was remembering the past so real that it was ruining my now. My current situation was being haunted by how I remembered the past. And, and luckily, Tamara's grandma flew in to come meet Ellis. And if you've ever met Grandma Jackie, you were blessed, but also, gosh, you had a lesson coming your way. <laughs> She'd set you straight so fast. And so she walks in, and we're actually still in the hospital, but things are now on the up and up. And she walks in mid-story of me sharing with someone who was visiting Tamara and Ellis. She walks in, and, and, she, and I go, Grandma, how are you doing? And she barely would even hug me. She, was, she walked like this. She goes, where's the baby? Where's Ellis? 
and she finds LS and she goes, you're blessed and healthy. And she's praying over him. And then she goes to Tamara, you are, you are above and not beneath. You are healed, healthy, whole. You, all your pains and iniquities have been bought and paid for. And she's just declaring the word of God. And she looks at me and goes, you weren't just sharing that story, were you? I was like, yes, I was. <laughs> and she's just ready. She's ready to just lean into me. She goes, you mean you're not declaring the word of God over my granddaughter? And I went, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to say to you. And I was like, I guess I wasn't. I, I don't know. And she went, and then she quietly pulled me aside. And she said, come here. And so she, and she know you're in trouble. And, she, and so she pulls me aside, and then she very seriously looks me in the face. And she goes, don't you relive that story one more time unless the word of God is riddled throughout it, when, whether you focus on the perspective of faith. What miracles did you walk out? I said, oh, I could tell you a lot. Then why aren't you talking about those? Why aren't you focusing on it? Because you could take any moment, any story that any one of you have, anyone. I could ask any kid in here, how many of you had Christmas gifts? Show me your hands. Christmas gifts. How many did you have? Yeah, pick and what number did you have? Uh, ten. ten. Well, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Life's good, eh? Let's find another kid. How many gifts do you get? I don't know. I you don't? Okay, well, let's pick a kid that had two or three gifts, which is good. I don't know why my voice is cracked, but that's good. <laughs> Two or three gifts, awesome. Because depending on where you are in your life and how you look at that, you might look at that, and, if, if, and I could, if the kid, let's say that, that kid that I imaginarily found that only had two or three gifts, and I look at them and go, you only got two gifts? Well, yeah, but they were my favorite, but you only got two? And I shift his perspective from the gratitude he was in from the rejoicing moment he was living in to you, oh man, well, well we got 10, thank God you got 10. <laughs> we got 12, we got 15, you only got two. And I could derail that mindset so quick, so fast. But go to the kid that has one. You got two, you doubled the amount of gifts I got. You doubled it, you got two. And immediately the kid with two goes, wow, yeah, I'm pretty blessed. Wow, yeah, you're right. Maybe I'll share my second gift. And the mind shift will just begin to shift. But if you don't take the perspective of faith in your world, in your issues, in your life, in your healing, you will live out the way you think of it, the way you remember it. And, and, and we do this all too often. You know, in this transition into a new year, how you remember the past will grossly, grossly affect how you walk into this next year. It really, really, really will. And there are some friends in my life. Hmm, I should be really careful with this. There are some people in my life that I don't let close to my life simply because they don't speak the word of God over their own life. And they don't remember their perspectives and issues with the word of God throughout it. That lesson I learned was don't let that toxicity, you can remember things, but make sure you bring the faith perspective to what it is that you are, are remembering. Because you can find a miracle, I can find a miracle in just about anyone's day today. Today. It's a miracle that we all woke up today. It's a miracle that we made it to church on time. It's a uh, go on. But I mean very literal, I can find a miracle. I guarantee it. But depending on how you, how you focus on life and how you know the word and if you know it or not and if you grab the word of God and use it to renew your mind which means to transform it into something that it's not because we're all 
in the ditch of, oh, Monday's coming tomorrow, and oh, it's the new year, I should have the day off, why don't I have the day off? And da 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 you go down this road of self-pity. Instead, you go, I have a job, thank God I do, and I have money to pay the bills, to live in my home that I dreamed of getting, that I have children that sleep in the bed, but, but we don't. We'll, we'll walk through the life that we've been dreaming of our whole life, dreading every moment that we're currently in, even though we've dreamed of building it all the way to this moment. God built you, he made you, he created you for such a time as this. He needs you here. He needs you sharp. He needs you knowing the word of God. He needs you to rejoice in everything there is to rejoice in and to bring a faith perspective to the life you have. There's a number of verses here that I want to share with you because it's, it's how you tell your story that will determine how your future is. Every single person in here, like this is a thought. Wow, I only have seven minutes left. I'm done, and I just finished the first two lines. <laughs> how you walk out your life is determined based on how your self-talk is about your life. So I guarantee you, you are living out the circumstances of your life based on how you think of you. And I want to derail this quick thought. I mean this. Do you think... Like if we were to get every person in here to stand up and measure their life and look at their money, look at their house, look at their family, look at the favor in their life, look at everything, and we were to put them, everybody on a scale, do you really think that God loves some of those people more and that he wants to bless maybe the people that you would consider blessed more? No. When you start to realize that you are made in the likeness and the image of God, he designed you after him, his own design. He values you that much. He cares for you. He loves you. He built you. He thought of you. He thought of you before you were born. So if you think that he's actually withholding things from you, stopping healing, stopping blessing, blocking favor, but giving it to that person and giving this guy 10 gifts and you two gifts... You think that he maybe cares for them more? Even though he bought, bought and paid for all your sins, sent his only son, the greatest gift ever for you, and he gave everything he had, the most valuable possession he ever had for you. And if you were the only one, he still would have done it for just you. So you need to strip off all the thinking in your head to think that God is withholding you, that God is blocking you, that God's favor is not on you, because that's just a lie straight from the pit. It's not happening. God wants the best for you. God wants you to be in health and healing, to walk with, with such a confidence and a boldness. But if you don't believe in you, God can't work through you. He can't. And if you can't get yourself to a place of thinking, I am made in the image of God. He designed me after him. You can begin to value every person you see so much more than, than, than the way you value yourself, but you realize you're both made in the likeness and in the image of God. You know, two days ago, what day was it? It was Christmas Day or Boxing Day. I, I was driving. I had to go pick up something at 7-Eleven near my parents' house in Winnipeg. And as soon as I pulled up, it was almost like Holy Spirit just slammed me with, you're going to be surprised by this, but, but anger. I pulled in and I saw a, a young man, younger than me, begging on the 7-Eleven sidewalk, and I got so angry. I just went, come on. Like, I, I went, come on, dude. And so I, 
I, I sat in the car and I cooled, cooled myself down a bit. And I was like, why am I angry? What am I angry for? And I was angry at the injustice that this young man would allow this to happen. Now, I don't know his perspective. He might think God made this happen. I know that's a lie. I know the word of God. I know how it works. I know the authority we walk in. I know the way we've been designed, created, equipped. I know the, the armor of God. I know it all. I know all the word of God as, as best as I know in my 35 years of life. But even still, the word is the truth that I had known and I interpret the life this young man is living. So I walk up to him and I come up to him and I, and I go up to him and I go, hey man, how you doing? And he goes, ah, I've been better. And I said, um, what are you doing? Why are you, on the, why are you on the sidewalk here begging for money? Life hasn't been great, man. And I said, okay, well, what's, what's your name? And I think he said, David. And I said, David, I said, is there anything you need? And he goes, um, some food maybe. I said, yeah, some food. And he goes, well, actually 20 bucks. I said, okay, sounds good. So I go inside and, and again, I'm still just upset. And I walk inside, I, got, I, I go get a $20 gift card from, for the 7-Eleven. I walk out and I go up to this young man and I hand him the 20 bucks and I kneel down in front of him and I just look at him and, and, and I just saw, I saw me there. And I saw myself looking in my own eyes because I realized so quickly that any one of us could be sitting here. Any one of us could be down on ourselves, could be begging, borrowing, asking, pleading and not having enough. Now God, looking at me and him, sees me just as valuable as he sees him. He doesn't care about the stuff. He wants that you to have stuff. He wants you to be equipped. He wants you to have every all, but he can't just force it all on your lap. So as I looked at this young man, I said, David, I said, I don't know how to say this to you. I said, but I want you to get angry about this. He goes, what? I said, I don't know. I just feel compelled to tell you, you need to get angry about this situation. And he goes, well, can I tell you something? Went, yeah. He goes, my name is not David. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, what? What? Are we lying to each other now? I just met you. I just met you. I'm like, what? In the, why? You, what, what's going on? Anyway. And he goes, my name's Adam. And he goes, Adam would never let himself sit here on this sidewalk. And I said, well, amen to that. Can we kick David to the street and let Adam walk in God's favor and blessing? And he goes, yeah, but I don't know. I just don't know. And I said, well, I don't know all the reasons and issues and why. I said, but what I need you to know is that Jesus is the key to everything in your life. He will equip you. He will help you. He will guide you. He, will pay. he has already paid for all your sin. I don't know, man. Has, have you seen all the realms? And I was like, I don't know. I haven't seen all the realms. I've seen the realms that I've been seen. I said, but then <laughs> Holy Spirit just was giving me the words here. And I went, Adam, God's the creator of all the realms. I don't care. I don't care what experience you've had in the realms, it's irrelevant. I said, God paid for all your sin, Adam. Do you know that? He goes, yeah. And I said, okay. I said, now you need to get angry with this and get up and start walking in what God has for you. And this is the faith perspective. His story when we started was, woe is me, my life sucks, I don't know why it's been this way, and I don't know all the details. It's probably pretty rough. But I'll bet you there's probably some of you in here with a rougher story than Adam. But your faith perspective shifts the way you move, the way you think, the way you talk, the way you walk, the way you remember, the way you step into something boldly because the renewing of your mind through the word of God shifts you into a perspective the way God wants you to be. There's a verse I've been, I want to get a verse to you before I'm done. <laughs> Philippians 4 verses 8 and 9. Write this down. Kids, this is a verse for you. 
Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Doesn't say remember all the crap you went through in 2023. Please don't share it on Instagram. Your friends might like it, but I don't. Share the faith moments. Share the faith perspective. God, we thank you that you came through here. We had some trials, but we came through. We broke through. We got healing. We received it. We got encouraged. We met a new person who changed our thinking and our life and our find it. Look for it. This is what gratitude is. Gratitude is a perspective shift. The very conversation I had with my children last night, and I got to wrap it up here. If you want part two and three and maybe four, come for second and third. The very conversation I had with my children last night was I was walking through with them. We were just, it wasn't a great bedtime. I'll just tell you that. Every parent knows what I'm talking about. We couldn't get them to get to bed and this and this and this, and they weren't listening. And so I had a very, very real heart to heart moment with them. And I just walked out gratitude for them. I said, Sloan and Alice, I said, do you guys know how incredibly blessed you are? Yep, yep, yeah, we do. <laughs> no, you don't. My extreme mind wants to do these ridiculous things. Like I want to be like, you know what? Let's strip off all the blankets tonight and you'll sleep with no blankets tonight. That's one layer of gratitude. I could go many more layers than that. But I began to just sit there and, and go, guys, can you even imagine not having a mom and dad? What? Can you imagine? I'm not saying, I don't want you to sit there and explore all that. I just want you to know. Are you so grateful the fact that you have a mom and dad that you love and that you wake up with and that, and, and then I walked down that and then I walked about health and then I walked about warmth and that we have a furnace downstairs that pumps hot air into this room and that there's people who sleep tonight with their head on a rock and they don't have a pillow and we walked through this and I began to put a faith perspective and I began to drop the word of God on top of them and just begin to talk about who God is and how he made you. And whether you feel like you're loved or not or whatever issue you might think or whether mom and dad are correcting you and you're mad at me, I said, God put you here. He, God trusted you in this family. He needs you here. And then I began to walk out the love of Jesus. And I said to Sloan last night, I said, Sloan, I said, do you... Do you think I'd ever give you away to save someone else? She goes, no. You know that I would never, right? She goes, yeah, ever. No. And then I made a joke with her and I said, you know, if someone offered me a whole bunch of money for our dog, Honey, you know, I'd give Honey in a second. She was like, you're so mean, Dad. I was like, but if the money was right, sweetie, you would too, right? She's like, no, Dad. I was like, but when it comes to you, Ellis and Billy, I would give everything I'd ever, ever have. Every second, every ounce of energy, my own life, I'd protect you. I'd go to the end, end of the earth for you. And I said, but you know that God gave his only child, Sloan, so you could make heaven. Do you realize that God loves you more than me? And I can't even fathom that, Sloan. I can't. Because I can't imagine loving you more, Sloan. I can't. How can I love you more when I want to give you everything, my own life? But God still loves you more. 
and he created you and he thought of you and he wants the best for you and he's believing in you and he's sitting there eagerly waiting to see you walk in God's plan, God's will, God's best. And your belief systems and faith perspective or maybe garbage perspective are shaping whatever way you live. And until you get the word of God in your heart to transform it and change it, you're gonna miss it. And I pray that as you step into 2024, that whatever stories you share of your 2023, that you find the faith perspective on it, that you find the word of God in it, that you share the word of God in it, that you step boldly into the future based on the victor that you are. God has made you that way. He sent his only son for you to pay for every sin in the past, present, and future. And the last thing I'll leave with you is here is, I shared this with Sloan. I said, Sloan, you know what's so crazy? I said, have you ever done anything wrong? She goes, yeah. I said, you know the coolest thing in the world? Is the moment you walk up to heaven's gates, I said, mom or dad, we're not, I'm not gonna be there to, to, to advocate for you, to talk to you and say, this is Sloan, she's nine years old, she's been pretty good, sometimes. Um, can you let her in heaven's gates, please? I said, I'm not there, Sloan. It's between you and God. And who did you accept in your heart? And she goes, Dad, Jesus. I accepted Jesus in my heart. And I said, that's the key, sweetie. I said, when you get to that gate, do you think you have to tell them everything you did wrong and why you did it? She went, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, you're missing it, babe. You don't. The only thing you have to say when the angel sits in front of you at the gates of heaven and they go, Ephraim, why do you deserve to be in here? You don't say why all the good you did. You say, because Jesus paid for all my sins. Yeah, yeah, but what about this thing you did wrong? Jesus paid for it. What about this? Jesus forgave me for it. And they go, all right. Come on in, Ephraim. And the thing is here, and I feel compelled to talk about this, this fell on my heart here before service. There are many of you in here Although you may walk in love, acceptance, and forgiveness for everyone around you, you don't truly forgive yourself. And I want you to flesh this idea out really quickly. If God so loved the world that he gave his only son that the good ones would make heaven, no, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life, he sent his son to forgive you and you won't forgive you? Do you know better than God? No. Seriously. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care what you think you did. God's forgiven you for it. You need to forgive you for it. And if you're going to walk into 2024 with some confidence and to be a disciple of the word of God to make a difference, you have to forgive you. You have to. Drop it. Drop it. Just the same way as you'd look at your child and be like, ah, it's not a big deal, we'll move on. God is doing the same thing with you. He does not see your sin. It's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. So with every, I would ask you all to bow your heads really quick. I want to pray the most powerful prayer in the world that the world's ever heard, ever seen, the most incredible moment that takes place. When, a, when someone says this prayer, the Bible says that their name is written in the book of life forever. And they will spend eternity in the presence of God, exploring God, and getting to know him for all of time. I don't care how old you are. If you're six, eight, nine, 10, 11 years old, if you're 90 years old, this prayer is for you. 
And the Bible says that if you pray with this, mouth, this prayer with your mouth and believe it in your heart, meaning you're convinced that this is the truth, that Jesus came to the earth through Mary, through the Christmas story, a sinless birth where he was no longer a part of the bloodline of man. That's why the virgin birth is so key. He came and lived a perfect life to pay for the imperfect life you and all of us have lived. And then he died for our sins and conquered death to make a way for heaven for you. That's what the Bible says. So with every head bowed, if you want to pray this prayer, would you pray with me really quickly? Actually, here. With every head bowed, would you look up if you want to pray this prayer? And just look up at me and give me a quick wave if you want to join me in this prayer. Every head bowed. We're not going to let it. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Oh, so good, guys. Thank you. If you want to pray this prayer, we all want to pray with you. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. One more look around if you want to pray this prayer. Thank you. Awesome. Would you all repeat after me? Say, dear God, I thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Right now, I ask you to come into my life, to be my Lord and to be my Savior. Forgive me of everything I've done wrong, all of it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give those people a hand. Awesome.